All right, welcome to the latest episode of the Caro Chronicles. I'm here with none other than Pandora Black, Hello. professional sex worker. Ooh, you all got a bit excited by that, A professional didn't you? filthy whore. A professional filthy fucking whore. <laughs> and proud of it. And proud of it. You are. You're an advocate too. I am. Yeah. Sex worker, advocate, activist, general industry person, I guess. So tell us a bit about your work. Like, I mean, obviously we know how vagina works, but of course, let's talk about your advocacy work. Um, well, where do I start with the advocacy work? At the moment, I have been fighting to repeal Section 19 of the Prostitution Reform Act, which was the very unfortunate addition at the very last minute by the immigration minister at the time, who decided that she would only support the reform if it applied to residents and citizens only. So we still, almost 20 years on, have migrant sex workers have absolutely no fucking rights, and... Most of us have just had enough, and I've decided that's something that needs to change. So I'm trying to do what I can about that. And um, I have also provided online resources for sex workers, um, chat spaces, safety information. Do you want to mention and, those chat spaces? And- uh, yeah, um, you can follow Swan Aotearoa on Twitter. That's um, one of the largest ones. Um, and, yeah, obviously people have their own smaller things as well. And you can also look up the uh, New Zealand Models Collective on Facebook. So, I mean, you're you're very passionate about the industry. I mean, you, you're not you're not dumb. I'd hope you're, not. No, you definitely not. And it's like people have this perception of sex work of being, you know, I don't want my daughter to be doing that. But yeah. You know, I think what they should really be asking themselves is, you know, if my daughter were to do that, would I want her to be as safe and comfortable as possible? They're yeah, asking totally. the wrong questions. I am? No, no, not you. They are. Okay. They being people in general. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, um, it must be, ex- must be like mentally exhausting. Absolutely. Because you're kind of, a therapist, you're kind of playing a character. I mean, you're sort of a salesperson slash actress slash therapist. A little bit of everything. It's it's you do get a lot of transferable skills, which I think a lot of people probably don't realise. Mm, totally. I know some people like to call themselves spicy accountants. <laughs> <laughs> Cracks me up how many people are like receptionists. Well, I mean, half the job is just admin, really. Totally, totally. <laughs> um, I mean, so tell me a little bit about, like, are you working from a site? Are you working from a we- um, a, a parlour? Yeah, how does it work for you? Um, at the moment, I mostly work independently, so I advertise online. I use sites like Escortify, Erotic Escorts, which used to be called NZ Pleasures. Um, I'm quite active on Twitter, and people quite often book me through there as well. And if it's quiet, I pop into the local brothels every now and then, but I, I prefer not to work for them. I don't have the best experiences working for other people. What, what are those negative experiences? I've heard there's like, 
penalties and yeah, you know, there's that fine you as you know, it's sort of the equivalent of docking your pay for stupid things like you know, turning up late or some places will fine you if you go home sick or demand a medical certificate, even though we're fucking independent contractors. How do you get on when you've got like you know, girly things happening? I'm you sponge. So you still work through that? Yeah. I mean, my contraceptives mean I very rarely have periods anyway. But yeah, mm. you buy um, sponges from NZPC and I think peaches and cream, place like that, sell them too. And you just shove it up there. I've never had a client notice one. <laughs> have you, um, how's, your, how's your relationship with NZPC? Pretty good. I mean, I've known them for quite a long time. I yeah, actually, they're good people. I've, the first time I really got to know everyone there was in Wellington. I ended up doing community service at the Wellington base back in... Um, 2012, I think. Mm. Obviously, I'd been working before that, and I had gone there to get supplies for that sort of when I got to know everybody there. And I've only been living in Auckland for about three years, and I um I worked at the Tauranga base for about a year as well, doing mostly voluntary and sometimes paid work, and that sort of doubled as a needle exchange, and so I'd be operating both of those services. And I did outreach on site at one of the clubs in Mount Maunganui. Do you use narcotics yourself? I do. I, yeah. I've been on the opioid substitution program for the past seven years now. Methadone and, program? Yeah. And I like to smoke a joint before bed. And, yeah, I don't, well, I, don't, I don't consider marijuana drugs. No. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all plant-based. But um, there seems to be this common assumption that all sex workers are basically fucked up. Yeah, that is very common. Honestly, I'm probably those type of people's wet dream. Like, I'm, you know, I've fucking problems with drugs and mental health, and I didn't have a good upbringing, and I started underage. So you'd think I'd be these kind of swerfs wet dream of the perfect victim, but I am obviously not that because those people are full of shit, and the kind of legislation and resources that they promote make our jobs more dangerous and harder. Mm. When you say they're making them harder and more dangerous, what do you mean by that? Um, a lot of these sort of radical feminist types and people who have, they tend to be these sort of middle class white women who have obviously never done this type of work and think they're in a position to speak for us. They talk over us all the time. It's incredibly frustrating. And they'll promote things like um, what's known as the Nordic model or in-demand model, which is... Um, where sex work itself is not necessarily illegal, but every single other thing to do with it is. So they criminalise clients, which means you only have the most dangerous clients to pick from. And if I, you know, when I work here, I always let somebody know where I am and the address and that person's phone number. If I were to do that under that kind of model, the person I'm giving the details to could be criminalised just for helping me out. And people can't work in groups for safety and their children get taken away and their landlords can be held liable, so they get kicked out of their housing and end up homeless. Look, I'm going to ask some questions, which, which you know, you don't necessarily have to ask, but uh-huh. yeah, you know, I'm going to ask them anyway, and because you know, I'm interested, and and people are voyeuristic. I saw this great girl wearing this t-shirt the other day saying, "Sex doesn't sell, voyeurism does." Yeah, and and we're having a conversation today that not a lot of people would be privy to until they subscribe to the Cairo Chronicles. But there does seem to be an idea that abuse in childhood 
leads to to a warped view of sexuality and sex work. Well, I think what is a warped view of sexuality? I think people have quite different ideas on what sexuality is and what is and isn't acceptable. And morals are so subjective. I Personally, I just don't see anything morally wrong with it. Mm. And it's interesting to look at other people's perspective, but... If you think about, for example, how a lot of people will refer to sex workers selling one's body, and I think that's probably it's more one of the most mental agreement. Yeah, isn't it? I think that's such a <laughs> fucking dehumanizing way to put it. Like, obviously, yeah. they don't buy us. It, it's basically equating a person's entire worth to their sexuality, mm. and like that's just an awful way to talk about other people. How does it affect your personal relationships? So, like, when you know, I mean, I do you identify female? Yeah, um, well, like, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd go as, call, as far as calling myself non-binary, but I don't, I'm not attached to the idea of being female so much. I don't really care what do, pronouns do, people call me or anything like that. But, like, when you're commercialising... I advertise as intimacy, female. Yeah. yeah. Does that undermine your ability to have intimate relationships? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's maybe fussier. Like, I expect a lot more from an actual intimate relationship because I have a lot of mediocre sex for money. And these people I don't Do have, have that have emotional good sex connection for with. Money too? Uh, every now and then, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a fetish provider. So when I get those sorts of bookings that I genuinely enjoy, that's always good. Fetish? Yeah. Um, I'm best known for uh, pegging and strap on services. Um, What's def- pegging? Uh, fucking people with a strap on. <laughs> really? Yeah. People how love much, it. How much is that? Um, well, that usually comes under my stuff. I've got three different tiers. I'll usually charge three fifty an hour for that. To be fucked up the ass? Yeah. Or they'll suck on it if they're not ready to take it in the ass. I've got suck several different sizes. Suck on a plastic dildo? Yeah. They're all silicone. <laughs> I've got different, I've got harnesses and then you put all the different size dildos in them depending on what they think they can take. I've got some that are yay big and some That's little fantastic. tiny ones. Yeah. I fucking love it. It's great fun. Do you do buy doubles? Yeah. How much is that? Um, it depends on who I'm working with, really. We usually negotiate it at the time. Uh, I find lately everybody's asked for a buy double has just been a time waster. It's been a mm. while since I've actually done one. Mm. But, yeah, normally we'll figure it out what the other person charges and a rate that we're both happy with. <laughs> negotiate <laughs> at the time. And, and like, do you work from home or from... Um, at the moment, I rent brothel rooms or work out of hotels or do outcalls. I haven't had my own call in quite a while. Emily's on 133 Vincent Street. They, yeah. they used to rent rooms. I, re- I rent their rooms quite often. How much yeah. are they at? Uh, 60 bucks an hour. That's not which, bad, eh? Yeah, it's all right. And the rooms are decent, too. I find yeah. they're, they're great for the type of services that I provide. They've got those big vinyl beds that you can wipe yeah. down. And yeah. I, they do have a dungeon room, sort of I've been pending to the availability. So, yeah, I find their rooms are perfect for what I do. And I've used um, Bixons a few times as well, but their rooms are quite little and they don't always have them available. So what's the advantage of being an independent worker as opposed to working for an establishment? Uh, Well, primarily being able to just work whenever I want. If I don't feel like working on a particular day, then I don't. But if you're working for an establishment and you're rostered that night, then, I mean, legally we should be able to just tell them, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it tonight because I'm an independent contractor and you can't make me, but they they treat you like an employee and a lot of people don't understand their rights fully. Are you making good money? Um, it fluctuates. Honestly, this year so far has been very slow for pretty much everybody I know, myself included. So, yeah, um, 
often this time of year can be quiet, but I think with the natural disasters that have happened recently, people don't really have that kind of money to spend on luxuries like hookers. <laughs> <laughs> I guess a wank's cheaper, eh? Exactly. I mean, I do make online content, so I've been getting a few people subscribing to that instead. Which do you is want a bit to do a plug for that? Sure. Um, I'm on Loyal Fans. Just look up loyalfans.com slash Pandora Black. Or you can find me on Twitter at Miss Pandora Nine. <laughs> I feel so naughty. <laughs> and I, I still got my clothes on. Um, oh, yeah. For now. <laughs> we got this amazing new machine. It's got bells and whistles. So we're I just... think that, that drum roll would have been better for what that was one. The drum roll? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I feel like we need like that Seinfeld bass line. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. We're going to have so much fun with this. What does that one do? Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's... Sounds like a computer startup thing. <laughs> no, it, does. it doesn't really Let's make sense. see what this sense. one does. Ooh. Oh, yeah. My oh, yeah, that's oh, yeah, cool. It's a bit cool. short, though. It kind of just cuts off. <laughs> I know. It's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> Got any good jokes? Oh, actually, I've got a, I've got a joke. Um, a tax man goes to visit a local synagogue and he's asking about how they cut costs as much as possible. So he goes up and he looks at all the candles and he asks the rabbi, what do you do with all the leftover candle wax from the candles that you use for your rituals? He says, oh, well, we never waste them. I collect up all the wax. We send it to the candle company and they send us back a free box of candles every now and then. And so, stumped, the tax man keeps looking around and he looks at the crumbs from the bread and he says, what do you do with all your bread crumbs and bits of bread waste? The rabbi says, we don't waste that. We collect them up. We send it back to the bakery. Sometimes we get a free loaf of bread because they appreciate it. And so the tax man's starting to get really frustrated now. So eventually he asks him, what about the foreskins from your leftover circumcisions? He says, well, we definitely don't waste them. We collect them up and send them to the tax department. And once a year, they send us a complete cock. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's great. Speaking of complete cock, how big is the average cock? Good question. I don't know. It's always, I've always thought it quite funny how we always talk about dick sizes and inches. Is it true that thing with the hand, with the thumb and the um, little finger? What do you mean? Like the length? It's meant there. to be like the distance from your thumb and your little finger. I've Is that true? That. I've never heard that, but it makes sense. So I guess if I had a dick, it would be that long. I've always heard something about belly buttons, like it's meant to reach your belly button or something. I, I don't know. Oh. People have all these different ways of measuring. And yet, for some reason, we always seem to talk about dick size in inches, even though we use metric for everything else here. But yeah, uh, I'd say five or six inches is pretty average. Uh, yeah. But and how long does the average guy last? Oh, maybe 10 to 15 minutes, mm. sometimes longer. You get a lot of people who want to take breaks and change positions. Oh, you know, they totally watch like porn that. and they want to try everything they just watch. No, I'm, I'm just old yeah. and tired. It's like, can we have a break? Yeah. Can we stop for a coffee? Most of them, yeah. They just, <laughs> yeah, they just want to like, have a quickie, lie there and chill and, and just cuddle. Do you have regulars? Oh, yeah. You wouldn't be able to survive doing this without regulars. Yeah. It's been entertaining so far. Yeah, I'm enjoying this. My, my head's my head's exploding. <laughs> um, what about couples? Do you do couples? I do. I enjoy couples, although it can it can be a funny dynamic. You quite often get one person who's more into it than the other, mm. and so often I've seen this exact scenario play out where it's the guy who books it in a heterosexual couple, 
And he'll start out being the enthusiastic one. And then when it comes down to the crunch, the wife actually ends up enjoying it more. And he starts getting shitty about it because me and her are getting it on and mm. he doesn't know what to do with himself. So you do girl on girl? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a bisexual in my normal life as well. So where did you grow up? I am originally from Toronto, Canada. And oh, really? I moved to Wellington when I was six years old. I got the accent bullied out of me in school. Mm. I used to speak like a Canadian, and I'm a dual citizen. And so I lived in Wellington for most of my formative years. I spent What's Wellington th- like? I heard that's where Aucklanders go to die. <laughs> I thought they go to die in Tauranga, which is where I lived before Auckland I know, briefly. I think everyone's dead in Tauranga. Yeah. Have you been Might to Tauranga? Well be. Yeah, well, I lived there for about a year and a half before I moved awful. here. I fuck, honestly, I've never seen so many neo-Nazis in one city before, as in Tauranga. Oh, my God. Very I worked weird. for the local paper over there for a couple of months. It was like, that's a couple of months I'm not getting back. Mm, I, but I was always coming up here to work anyway. I was like, why oh. the fuck don't I just move there? I hate that fucking town. What attracted you to the sex work? Um, well, actually, I started out as a homeless teenager i was 16 when i started doing sex work which is it's not actually illegal to be an underage sex worker but it is illegal to purchase sex from an underage person of course i lied about my age and like honestly i'd always been kind of fascinated with sex work like you know i watched porn quite young and i was quite fascinated with it i never really thought of it as a bad thing and so when i was living on the street and i got to know some of the street workers and i realized that one of my friends was working on the street I ended up doing that as well. And what's, then, yeah. what's the best thing about being a sex worker? The freedom. You know, being able to work on my terms when I want to. What's the worst thing? That's a good question. The bad clients and bosses. Mm. Fortunately, they're not too frequent, though. The, gu- the guys that like treat you just like a piece of meat? Yeah. And uh, that can be very emotionally draining. As well oh, as I imagine it's yeah. very emotionally draining. Have you had some like really good dates? So, you know, taken out to high class restaurants. Oh, yeah. and I've had some fantastic stuff like that. People have taken me out to yeah, five star hotels yeah. and beautiful restaurants. Treated you nice. I had one in January where I um, got a ferry to Waiheke and went and stayed in this really beautiful house that this guy mm. rented for a few days and yeah, it was nice. so nice. I'd never been to Waiheke before. <laughs> what would be your advice to like young people out there that are considering entertaining this industry? Um, I would say hop on Twitter, reach out to some other sex workers. I'm sure there's quite a few of us that would be happy Mm. to talk to you. Um, Go to your local NZPC or online if you don't have one in your town. They're great down there on Mercury. Yeah, the Auckland base are fantastic. Bubbles and Anna and Nigel, they're all very, very helpful. I quite often go in and use their resources when need be. Do you ever take a holiday? Yeah. Well, honestly, the way I work, I work so that I don't have to work all the time. I can take just like a couple of bookings a week and that's mm. enough. So, yeah, I can sort of bugger off out of town if I feel like it. And How much does a couple of bookings a week cost? Um, it depends. So... My lowest hourly rate is three fifty. I've got three different tiers: three fifty, four hundred, three hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, I'm in the wrong trade. Yeah, well, see, yeah, I priced it in a way that I'm not particularly high volume. I'm, you know, I earn enough from a few bookings a week to get on just fine. And of course, my price range—not everybody can afford it, so I don't get a particularly high number of it. <laughs> but 
you know, some people will work for several hours at a time and get the odd overnight occasionally, Mm. which can charge a few grand for. Really? Yeah. A few grand? Yeah. Overnight? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have to sleep in the same bed with them, like generally. Yeah, do well, to... I mean, you don't. Sometimes you don't sleep. Sometimes they want to stay up all night, and other times I'll just you know sleep for a couple of hours. Quite often they nod off and they start snoring immediately, and so <laughs> I just sit there with my headphones on, watching a fucking YouTube video or something. <laughs> what do you watch on YouTube? I watch a lot of documentaries. Yeah, yeah. I'm subscribed to channels like um, Deutsche Welle. Al Jazeera and stuff like that. Al Jazeera is good. I like um, ghost videos. Slapped him. Oh, like yeah. cryptids caught on film. Fear. I love. I love yeah, fairies and mythical creatures. Like Actually, and... you, um, I've been watching a channel Esoterica quite a lot, oh, yeah. which is really good. He talks about a whole lot of different topics. You probably enjoy oh, that. I have to catch that out. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, now that we're podcasting, it's like really interesting like talking like a lot of people like what's a podcast and it's like we'll just I only really recently got into listening to podcasts I'd I'd never bothered before I I don't listen to very many but there's a few that I like it's quite a new thing in New Zealand eh, podcasting yeah I've I've only met maybe one or two people that actually have tried to do their own and well I quite often get asked to go on them but it's never materialised so this is my first time (laughs) first time taking my podcast virginity podcast virgin yeah well (laughs) I hope I was gentle. Yeah. <laughs> You're very good. Speaking of gentle, what makes a good lover? Um, someone who understands boundaries and consent yeah. and wants to listen to what you want and what you enjoy. Yeah. And, of course, that's totally subjective for every different person. So yeah. a, good, a good lover to me is someone who wants to hear what I want. Do you see yourself... You know, getting married, having children. I've never wanted kids. I've actually been fighting to get sterilized for a few years now. None of my doctors will take me seriously. Mm. Actually, the GP I have right now, she said that she would actually be prepared to refer me, but she said there's no point because even people who need it for medical reasons are on huge wait lists and get denied because what if your future husband wants kids? Because apparently some hypothetical man is more important than what I want for my own body. And I can how adopt if I change my mind. How do you feel about like that as a, as a female? Like that fucking pisses me off. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't? Why won't they take me seriously? And to think about it, if I got it done through the healthcare system as opposed to privately, think about how much money that would save on keeping me on contraceptive for the rest of my fertile life. Mm. You know, I've been on the pill since I was fourteen. I'm thirty now. What if I hit menopause at fifty-five? You know, that's a lot of subsidised medication when they could just totally. tie my tubes. And like you know how they make like um, synthetic hormones? No, they get pregnant horse piss. Fucking hell! I just can't figure out how they get the pregnant horse to sit on a potty. I guess they must have like a trough that they piss in or something. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing horses must like to piss in a particular area. Like, if you keep them confined, any kind of animal, you know, they don't want to just shit everywhere. They oh, I usually love horses. Do it. Horse, have you ever been horse riding? One time. It's fan- yeah, horses I'd, are fantastic. They are nice. They're lovely animals. Look, Pandora, really appreciate you coming in and talking to us today. It's been fucking... <laughs> It's been enlightening. <laughs> Not a problem. Um, and we got new kits, so hopefully this all turns out. But um, is there anything you want to say before we finish? Um, I will say, follow me online 
to see more updates about the repeal Section 19 campaign. Because, Do you want to repeat that? So um, you can find me on Twitter. It's Miss Pandora 9. That's the number nine. Or you can, you can Google Pandora Black, but specify Pandora Black sex worker. Otherwise, it'll just show you some fucking ugly jewellery. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate that stuff. It's so tacky. But yeah, I update quite regularly about the um, campaign to give migrant sex workers rights like the rest of us. Because Yeah, let's look into that. Fucking ridiculous. Let's do a so story in, in the next Chronicle. We're going to talk about migrant sex workers. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we'll just... We'll just keep telling these stories as long as you, the as people, long as someone's listening, as long yeah. as you're listening and you're supporting us. Follow us on the Cairo Chronicle Patreon account. We can keep it, keep updated on all what's happening in the Chronicle world, the Cairo world, the Pandora world, the sex, truck and roll world. Thank you very much, Pandora. It's been an absolute pleasure. Not a problem.